welcome to The Red Dove. We're women's storytellers in our story center on Black women, activism, and mental health. I'm Liz. And I'm Rainey. How are you? I am good. You're going to laugh at me again. Like I'm just having such a hard time with the weather over here. And I know you're like, yeah, fuck you. (laughs) My sinuses are just all over the place. Like it was Hmm. (laughs) not quite like that weird snow you were talking about, (laughs) (laughs) but it is just, I'm having such a hard time. I guess with me, with the weather, it's been okay. Cause I haven't had to use any like allergy medicine. I've been pretty good, but it's freezing here freezing and I'm going north this weekend so I'm going in 10 degrees lower this is my first time out like staying overnight at a hotel for two nights since the pandemic and my entire week I have like had constant feelings of like panic and anxiety this is a lot this is a lot physically getting myself out of my area into somewhere else but then it's like with COVID like COVID's still going on and I'm going to be in a hotel and I'm going to be like out and about with just so many people and I haven't done it in two years and I'm nervous you will be you got it though you you you've done all the right things and you know this is a good way to slowly start I don't want to say getting back to normal because I like I think that there are a lot of things that COVID exposed that shouldn't have been normal anyways, but yeah, getting back to a place of socialness that we have been lacking the last two years. Some of us slower than others. Moving forward. It doesn't matter how slow moving forward. (laughs) (laughs) So this week we wanted to talk about some interesting news coming out of the White House. Biden unveiled part of his um, 2023 budget is going to include the billionaire minimum income tax. And that would establish a 20% minimum tax rate on all American households worth more than a hundred million. They get away with so many loopholes that they don't pay their fair share of taxes. And I mean, we already know trickle-down economics doesn't fucking work. And the wealth is being hoarded by the top 1% of the country. And you can see how shit is falling apart right now. Like, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, like, I feel like it's turning into like an oligarchy, like just these these families of people who just are making that. And we know they're making the decisions because they've got enough money for the lobbyists and stuff. Like they are making big moves and it, 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 if we are truly a democratic nation, then it shouldn't be like this. This is like the tax the rich campaign. And this, I think this would be like really huge if it actually went the way it's envisioned. Um, Cause, and then we always, you say the 1%, we always talk about that on the show, right? It's literally 700 people, 700 people in the entire country. That's who we're talking about. And like ProPublica, released an article maybe like a year ago and they got hold of all these IRS tax documents and they put together it's very visual all 700 with their names pictures and how much they're worth I was like the first time it was ever like out there and like people like famous people that are like movie stars or sports players no those individuals maybe make between, you know, 50 to 
like under a hundred million. Like we're talking about people you've never even heard of, like the Walton family. It's a bunch of like white kids who inherited all this money from the founders of Walmart. It's like Steve Jobs' widow is on there with $1.5 billion. So that's like an inheritance situation, but just different. Then there's a bunch of like hedge fund billionaires who profited, got their billions during like the housing crises where they would buy the houses. So they're a part of that misery. They made that money off of it. And who else? I mean, sure, like the big names, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, Warren Buffett, Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos barely crack the top 10 they're, or the top 20. Like, that's even the scarier part is like the people I'm talking about, you don't even know. They're right. not like everyone's up in arms about. I don't know if you were seeing that about like Elon Musk bought Twitter. Twitter. Yeah. My issue with that is that before that, he publicly stated if we had, if I gave $6 billion, could that solve world hunger? There was a world organization, I forget the name, we can link it in like our show notes on our new website, the reddovepodcast.com, or we'll put it on our Facebook too um, with the article, this um, world like nonprofit organization took a $6 billion, put it into a budget, put it into a proposal, gave it to him. And then he ends up like, you know, buying Twitter for 44 billion, I believe. Just, so yeah. I mean, that's my I, issue could, I could help solve world hunger, or I could uh, buy the app that you write 140 characters while you're sitting on the toilet. <laughs> and great like, job. Musk is almost like it's like a distraction, in my opinion, because if, if you really understand like who the players are, he's he's not even like one of the top ones. I wonder if you could see all their pictures, how many, and I'm going to laugh. I'm sure I'm going to laugh. How many were people of color? Zero. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Mm. <laughs> um, right. Steve Jobs widow is only in there because she's his widow. Then it would have, if but for her, it would be all white cisgendered males. Wow. Liz, <laughs> I'm so shocked. <laughs> what do you mean that the richest people in America are all white? cisgendered males and a lot of them on the list get it because they inherited it from their family so it's this generational wealth which is the flip end of um biden's billionaire minimum income tax the that's the beginning of the stage the end of the stage is this inheritance thing so when these 20 top people with the billions when they die then they pass it on to someone else so it just continues and continues and that's another tax loophole that they are able to pass that money on without paying taxes on it right so that's and then and then we just continue the cycle and it just becomes this but this billionaire minimum income tax would um cut at it at the beginning i had to look this up but basically tax law you get taxed on income this word income and the richy rich the one percenters have a way of guiding around it by saying that money that they received you know like billions wasn't income so what biden's tax thing is basically doing 
He's changing the definition of income. And under his new definition, exactly what they're doing to avoid paying the taxes, they would now be taxed. I was having a conversation with my boss the other day and he was kind of talking about something like this, like, like even in like real estate, like that's how the richest people keep their money and they avoid income taxes. It's like they borrow against themselves and then they make such a profit on those gains that have appreciated and they live off of those investments, which isn't technically income. Like the way he explained it to me and, you know, Red Dove listeners, if I get it wrong, I apologize, but this is as far as I understand. You email us and explain it better. Yeah. Yeah. You guys tell us I'm an English teacher. I'm doing my best. (laughs) Um, Like, let's say you borrow a house or you borrow, you know, a loan for a hundred thousand dollars for a house. Right. And you can pay it off in 15 years and you pay, um, you know, a lower interest rate, but you pay more or you borrow it for 30 years and you pay less money. So people sometimes go for that shorter interest rate, but it's actually smarter to go for that higher interest rate or, you know, the the longer amount of time. So let's say just for giggles, we'll say, you know, if you pay the 30 year loan, you're paying $1,500 a month. Let's just say, I know that the numbers are wrong. Don't shoot me. Just it's fine. Right. Everything's fine. Judgment free zone. Yeah. Right. Judgment free zone. But if you decide to take a loan for 15 years, then you're paying more. You're paying 3000 So what you do is instead of paying that 15-year loan and getting it paid off faster, you take that longer, larger load and you still pay that 3000 but that extra 15000 that you would have put into your house, you put into investments instead. And those investments will appreciate so quickly that by the time you get to that 15-year mark, you have doubled what you would have made. So now you've made like $200,000 and you can pay off the house and then you can do it again. And you've made $100,000 from borrowing money and you've paid the house off. So that's kind of how I understood it. Like, you know, I mean, I'm sure it's way more complicated than what I've said. I was watching. I think I understood like one half of what you said, if I'm going to be honest. Yeah. It's just like, what? It, how how do you get to make that work? So I'm going to say it the way I'm going to say it. Whatever the fuck they're doing, Biden is about to tax them. Because what Rainey just explained, all of that shenanigans, Biden has changed the definition of income so that that behavior is now taxable. His billionaire minimum tax, minimum income tax would tax them 20% of their income, like a flat, like 20% boom, done. Right. Which would be huge. And there's this bill that he's trying to, that he's putting together with it. And in there, it said, if someone makes money during this time that this is a bill, you're going to owe that when it becomes a law, which I found very vindictive, but I'm here for it. (laughs) So like he said, if you, if you made 10 billion and then this thing comes into the law, you're going to owe us $2 billion. So am, do I have the rose-colored glasses? Am I being naive that this will actually take place? Am I actually seeing some real inroads into the Tax the Rich movement? I'm hesitant because I know our history, but this is like really exciting to, to read and to, to learn about that this is something that Biden is trying to do. It would be nice. I'm hopeful. but. 
I'm thinking, I don't know if Biden is strong enough to be elected for another four years. And Let me tell you, he would get reelected if he canceled student debt. Oh, yeah. If he just right? kind of made good on that, it, like all of it is predatory anyways, he would definitely and him hemming and hawing about it. And, you know, and also, by the way, this is something that I think is different about, you know, people who are progressive and then, you know, diehard conservatives is I think that we can critique, you know, we're not like Biden is the best. And, you know, we lick the ground he walks on like, no, there's still issues with Biden. Yeah, I don't like him. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, I like he was a better he's a far better choice than Trump. But, you know, it's not like when they're like, oh, I hope you're happy what you did, Democrats or, you know, liberals, you you liberals with with Biden. And ha, ha. you're like, OK, like no one is like nobody was super, super jazzed about Biden either. We just knew that that was a better choice. But we all can see like he doesn't have the gumption that we need. He's not as strong as we need. We need a much stronger person who is going to go at these things the way we need to. And my concern is if this is in 2023 and he goes up for re-election, if he even goes up for re-election in 2024, I could see the conservatives, you know, filibustering and holding this back and saying, no, we're not going to make a decision on this until they try to slide somebody else into the seat. And that's, the funny thing, because you would think it might be Republicans. The two people that could fuck this up are actually Democrats. Really? Yeah. And this is why we always say it's like, it's not about being Republican or Democrat. Like my joke is like, they both suck, but yeah. whatever. I mean, that's just me. This is my personal opinion. We can all get along. Like we can have different opinions. That's fine. But this one's mine. And like, I'm just so far left of what people like liberals or Democrats, like, like there are like a lot of quote unquote Democrats that are like gung ho Biden and just, you know, they, they don't think critically think because they feel it would be like disloyal, but it's like, I don't think what you think they stand for is what they actually stand for. I think you and I have more in common, you know, but anyway, that's a whole other tangent, but I'm just saying it's going to be up to Manchin and Senator Kristen's I, I hope I'm saying this right. Cinema, hmm. cinema, cinema. Yeah. I don't even, I've, I've never, I don't know who that one is. I've heard, <gasps> of Man- I know who Manchin is. She is the worst. Oh, she is a, <laughs> here we go. And, oh, fantastic. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I have like written up a bit of a story. It was like a rough draft. And I was like, fuck that bitch. I'm not even giving her that much time. That's how much I hate her. Oh, wow. Not even enough to like expose her. Jeez. I don't, I don't think she deserves any of our spotlight. Okay. He is a piece of shit. She, well, I'm going to cut that. Maybe not, but she <laughs> is a white woman in her mid forties. Now she started out as a hardcore leftist, kind of like me protesting, um, really doing some fantastic, being part of some fantastic movements, da, 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 um, and then don't you know, like, I'm not, you know what, we're going to condense this. Then she gets elected. And as, as as she goes up the ladder, her ideals went down. Now, right, right now, she um, likes to court Republican voting and present herself as a moderate. 
And she's wielded a lot of power because now the Democrats also have to beg her and people like Mr. Manchin to get shit done. And that is a nice little mini-sode episode you can tell your friends about why it doesn't matter if it's Democrat or Republican, they both suck. Because at the end of the day, I mean, these ultra-rich people are looking out for themselves. And, you know, the problem is, is that they can be lifelong in this. And Oh, the ultra-rich are buying these people like Mansion and Cinema. And that's the other thing. It's like you, you realize you have way more in common with us than mm-hmm. you do them. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, when the forefathers created the country and they had these governments in place, it was never supposed to be, you were never supposed to be a lifetime politician. You were never supposed to do this your whole life. You were supposed to do your time four years, six years, and then you leave and give somebody else the chance, somebody else who lives an everyday job and can put that in there. But now the place is just flooded with people who are in there and then they will not let go. And that is their whole job. That is their whole career. And they are so far outside of what a normal American goes through because they haven't done it for so long that they don't even know how to vote in our best interest. They don't even, I mean, you know, how can you have people representing you if you're like, Hey, so, uh, do you know how much a gallon of milk costs? And I know that's like a silly thing to do, but like, we know because we buy it, right. They don't have anybody doing that. They're so rich. They don't have to be concerned with how much trivial everyday things cost. So how can they represent us on either side if they don't know what we go through every day? They had a thing like during the pandemic when, well, I'm sorry, it's still going on. During the lockdown, Nancy Pelosi was like doing a video about like how like tough it is or something like that. And she has this giant refrigerator behind her with like $20 ice cream. Like it's just, she's so out of touch. Yeah. Well, and that's all, and that's a lot of, but I think something we can do downstream solution to an upstream problem is to flood the emails of uh, Senator Manchin and Cinema, especially if you live in their states. Uh, Senator Cinema, she lives in Arizona. Where is he's he's West Virginia? Where he's he's in the South. Let me look him up. I can because he his story in a nutshell because that's all they deserve is he's, you know, slowly killing us with the environmental stuff that he allows big um, companies to do in his home state. And if you knew the full story, you would believe even more that it is not about, like, Republican or Democrat. It's like, they all need to go. Well, maybe that's too much. I was just... Yeah, he's West Virginia. West Virginia. So, yeah. So that's kind of where, like, some people this just was um released at the end of march so it's really early to tell we're just going to kind of sit back and wait but also be active you know like telling um your elected officials that you support this this i don't know this will either be nothing or we'll look back on this episode and be like look at us talking about this (laughs) before it broke (laughs) i know right (laughs) I mean, I'm really interested, but I'm like, you know, how do you stand up? I mean, if there's one thing the rich will protect, it's their way of life and their money. And they will throw down money to keep making money. And, you know, they have the money to have lobbyists. They have the money to, you know, use their influence to make stuff happen or make stuff not happen. Right. You know, and, and, you know, 
they have the money to flip senators and make things really easy or really difficult for them. So, you know, it, I don't know. And what do we have? We have numbers. There's more of us than them. And we need to get active in whatever lane that you are occupying in your life um, to help with this cause. Oh, there's like a bunch of like protest movements. Keep your eyes open. You can join them. But everybody can write to your elected official, or if, especially if you live in Arizona or you know somebody, Arizona, West Virginia. We need to put the pressure on these elected officials to pass this if you think that, you know, the rich should be taxed accordingly. And I think also kind of going off of that, and I think we saw this happen in 2016, do not get comfortable with the way things are politically now. We got very comfortable with Obama, and then we got hit by a train with Trump. And I think he's coming back, right? He's trying. Who knows? I mean, he said he was going (laughs) back and forth. I mean, like, he just got hit with, like, sanctions or being in contempt of court for not supplying any of his documents that through a subpoena that a New York judge ordered. So he's, he's going to, I thought you were going to say birth certificate. Yeah. Right. Oh my God. I would have been like the irony. Right. I don't know when you see like these, you know, sometimes that's why, like, I think sometimes far, far left publications, you know, extort things a lot too. Cause you know, it's like, Oh, you know, breaking news. Like, you know, Trump is going to have it handed to him. I was like, no, I don't, I don't think so. Don't disappoint me. Yeah. Right. Like I was like, okay, you can say that, but at the end of the day, you know, he hasn't really had to, not that I'm not hopeful, you know, but I'm also like, let's be real. Let's be real about how this country works and who this country protects and who it doesn't. And that's why we can't depend on our politicians to do the right thing without our help. They're not going to, they don't have your best interests in mind. You know, these big senators and governors, if anything, it's your local government and that's how that works. And you get involved in that. They don't have your best interest in mind. So you need to go to the local elections and elect people who do. That's how change happens. And you need to voice your opinions. Don't get comfortable right now. You know, I'm feeling the sort of comfort right now. And I was saying something the other day. I was like, you know, it's nice not to wake up every day and be like, oh shit, what did the president say today? You know, like what, what? Yes, I, I know issue, what you're talking about. Right? Like, right. You're just like, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed on a national stage and an international stage. Like, you know, I don't like Biden very much. Like, again, I wish he was tougher, but it is nice to wake up and not be like, are we going to go to war? Is something terrible going to happen? What crazy ass laws is he trying to put forward now? Like, it's nice not to worry and be in a constant state of worry like that. But I think that that can lull us into a false sense of security. And I think that's exactly how Donald Trump's and the Marjorie Taylor's and the Matt Gates and all those other psychopaths. Got yeah, what if they them. get somebody that's like just as quote unquote evil as Trump, but had a little more pizzazz to him? Because Trump is like borderline buffoonery, like clown like. Right. Like if they had somebody more insidious and more right? nefarious, like it's coming, it's coming, feels better. Like, oh, well, this person's at least more professional and hasn't been caught saying ridiculous stuff on, you know, the news and stuff and, you know, doesn't do stupid things outwardly, but is doing all of the evil stuff that we know that organization was doing and just smarter about it. No, I definitely think that that is a possibility. And I think it's a smoke show. I think that they are distracting us with all of, you know, these shenanigans that people like MGT are doing 
And I, I think that that's the problem. And I think we're going to get blinded by, you know, huffing and puffing about all these other things. And I think that they're going to slide right in again. And we're going to be like, wait, what happened? And it's because we rested on our laurels and we, again, we're lured into these false senses of security. Don't sleep. We, there's no time for sleep. We can't sleep yet. We are not out of the woods. Trump did a number on our country and we are not healed yet. And we are still very vulnerable. You know, it's like, it's like when you have a really bad infection and you take your antibiotics for like five days, you're like, I'm good. Yes. I don't yes. need to take them anymore. And they're like, oh my God, I'm so sick. Right. And it comes back even worse. And it's even harder to get rid of because you didn't do your due diligence and truly get rid of the infection. We have not gotten rid of the infection that has plagued us for, you know, six years. It's not gone. And if we don't continue taking these antibiotics and continue purging, it's going to come back and it's going to come back nastier than ever. It's going to be like MRSA. I'm yeah. Like that's who they are. They're like a MRSA staff and <laughs> Yeah. But we'll just have to kind of see where this goes. We'll either never mention this again. <laughs> or we'll be like, we called it doves. Remember? We, right. but this could, I mean, um, rose colored glasses. This could be huge. It could be. And I really hope it is. I really hope that something is done. I really hope that we as Americans see how other countries live and be like, we could be that way. Yeah, we're the only nation that's in the list, a list that people call first world countries or industrial countries. Uh We're the only country in that list that doesn't have universal health care. Yeah. Think about it. Because we're embarrassing. (laughs) We're so embarrassing. That's a whole nother episode. Universal (laughs) health care, maternity leave going to college for free, having a country that wants all of its citizens to do well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if you liked our show, please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It really helps spread the word. And thank you for those that you have already. Also, Doves, we're trying to top the charts, climb the charts on Good Pods. So if you haven't already, download the Good Pods app, subscribe to our show and give us some stars. It is incredibly helpful. Until next time.